second reading is from Psalm 124, which can be found on page 623 of the Pew Bible. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us been torn from not let us been torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's begin with a prayer. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Father, we thank you so much that you are our help, that we can look to the one who created all things to be our help, our strength. And we pray, help us now, please, to hear your voice and to respond with wisdom, humility to what you have to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of the things I enjoy about having small daughters is the opportunity that it gives me to feel big and strong. Um, When my younger daughter, Emily, was about two years old, one time I took her to a a soft play place, uh, and she she was never very coordinated, bless her. She managed to climb up to the top um, of one of the the small slides in the the toddlers and babies section, and she, she spent a while up there looking around, looking at all the possible ways down, and decided she didn't like the look of any of them. So... Um, eventually, she, she turned to me and she said in her little voice, Rescue me, Daddy. That was what she said, Rescue me, Daddy. So with a swell of heroism, um, I stepped in, I rescued my little girl, and I, I set her back on the ground. And my younger daughter, Aoife, she has a thing about hairs. Anytime she gets a stray hair in her fingers in the bath, it sticks to her. She can't manage to get it off. She finds it very, very stressful. She gets herself in a huge flap. Um, However, thankfully for her, if her heroic daddy is standing by, um, he can step in, he can remove the offending hair, uh, and he can restore normality and sanity. Well, having a daddy is a bit like having a superhero on your side, isn't it? Um, That's At least that's what I try to tell my daughters. I'm not sure if I've managed to convince them yet. Um, Well, the psalm we're looking at today is a reflection by someone who knows what it is to have a far greater superhero on your side, to have a mighty and powerful ally on your side when faced with the most terrifying experiences. I'm going to deal with this psalm under three headings. First, verses 1 to 3, God is on the side of his people in violent attacks. Um, Verses 4 to 5. God is with his people through the mighty waters. Uh, And third, verses 6 to 8, God rescues his people from the fowler's snare. Uh, So first, verses 1 to 3, God is on the side of his people in violent attacks. Um, Let me read those first three verses again. It says, if the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, They would have swallowed us alive 
when their anger flared against us. In the year 701 BC, King Sennacherib of Assyria brought a large army against the people of Judah and he lay siege to Jerusalem, completely surrounding the city with their armies, cutting them off from the outside world in an attempt to force them to surrender. Um, However, you're probably familiar with the story. I think this is one of my favourite Bible stories from the the, the Old Testament. You can read about it. 2 Kings 18 to 19, Isaiah 36 to 37. King Hezekiah, who was king in Jerusalem at the time, uh, went into the temple to seek the Lord. He asked the prophet Isaiah to pray for the people. And it says that the Lord answered his prayer in the most miraculous way. It says he put to death 185,000 soldiers in the Assyrian camp and the city was saved. It was an extraordinary deliverance from the Lord. Well, why am I reminding you of that story? Well, some have suggested that Psalm 124 was perhaps written with this very siege in mind. It could well have been a celebration of God's deliverance of the city of Jerusalem in 701 BC from the siege of Sennacherib. Um, The whole psalm fits quite well in the context of a siege. Um, The ideas of being swallowed alive by angry people attacking us, verses 2 and 3. The idea of proud waters threatening to wash over us, verses 4 and 5. And the idea of being caught in a trap, in a snare. Um, They're all ones that fit quite well to the the terrifying situation of being in a, a city that's completely surrounded by an enemy army. Um, I imagine many of us were following on the news recently the tragic events of the siege of the city of Mariupol in Ukraine, um, which really brought home to me, I think, just how terrifying it is to be caught up in in this kind of a siege. The siege of Mariupol lasted for about 80 days, ending on May the 20th, uh, when the city finally fell. And the news has bombarded us with testimonies of people who experienced firsthand the horrors of what it was like. Here's what one person said. Uh, They said, people drank water from puddles, they drank water from the central heating system, they drank water from the snow. Dead people were everywhere. At first, people tried to bury in mass graves, but when the density of shelling made it impossible, people just lay covered with sheets everywhere. Really heartbreaking testimonies have uh, emerged from that um, that, that part of this uh, Ukraine war. And in circumstances like that, well, how much difference does it make to be able to say with confidence, the Lord is on my side, to know with confidence that the Lord is on my side, the Lord is for me? Well, of course, it makes all the difference in the world. Now, we have to be careful here in applying this to our situation. It needs to be said that it is not the nation of Ukraine who can say the Lord is on our side, nor is it the modern nation of Israel who get to say the Lord is on our side like they could in the days of King Hezekiah. I think the Bible is clear that God's people today are not defined by any one nation, but rather by those who love and follow Jesus. Christians are God's people all over the world. And so the words of Psalm 124, I I guess, might be of most comfort to persecuted believers, to those who are suffering violent attacks because of their faith in Christ. 
Um, so the question is, how should we apply this to ourselves? I'm guessing most of us here probably haven't experienced ourselves these kinds of violent attacks um, and persecutions at this level because of our faith in Jesus. Um, in the past, I think I've maybe made the mistake of trying to figure out and think about what, what should I be doing to try and bring these kinds of persecutions on myself so that I can share in these uh, kinds of experiences. And for some reason, my wife never seems to appreciate when I, I think along those kinds of lines. Um, I think perhaps a better application of this kind of teaching is to think about what we, as Western Christians who enjoy peace and freedom and prosperity, uh, can and should be doing to help believers around the world who are suffering. Um, I think this is probably something that should be higher up most of our priorities lists. Um, as we hear about believers suffering violence in Ukraine, in Russia, in Afghanistan, North Korea, other parts of the world, what this psalm reminds us is that we can be certain that God is on their side. He is for them. He will either save their lives and preserve them in this world or else bring them safely to be with himself. So the question is, what can we do to be a part of God's desire to help them? Uh, I think it's always good to ask the question whether we can be more generous in our support of ministries like Open Doors, Tear Fund, other organisations supporting the, the persecuted church. Um, a testimony from uh, our family in Senegal. Recently, God has given us the privilege of getting to know a family of uh, Mauritanian believers in our neighbourhood um, who had to flee to Senegal after the father of the, their family spent uh, eight months in prison in Nwakshot because... Um, he'd been bold in sharing his faith. He'd been courageous in sharing his faith in uh, Mauritania, and that had got him into trouble. And he, he ended up under a death sentence in a Mauritanian prison where he spent uh, eight months um, before finally being released and, uh, and being forced to flee to, to Senegal as a, now as a, a stateless refugee. Um, our church in Senegal have been trying to help them and uh, we've tried to, to get involved as well in, uh, in looking for ways to help them. And through all of that, I've had a strong sense that God is with them. God is on their side. God knows what they've been through. God loves them. Um, God will certainly do good to them. And so it feels like any help we can give to them is close to God's heart. Uh, God is on their side. God is on the side of his people who face violent attacks. Um, second, God is with his people through the mighty waters, verses uh, 4 and 5. Uh, let me read those verses again. It says, the flood would have engulfed us. Uh, if the Lord had not been on our side, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. Uh, the raging waters would have swept us away. Um, you uh, maybe aware that the, the, the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, uses this kind of imagery a lot. Sea metaphors, water metaphors, uh, ocean metaphors come up a lot. I don't know what you think about when you think about oceans. Um, maybe you think about all the fascinating marine life you can find in the seas. Uh, maybe you think in terms of holidays. Apparently, uh, I was reading up on this, the world's biggest cruise liner at the moment is called the Symphony of the Seas. And it has 24 water slides and 22 restaurants, um, which would probably be a better option for going on holiday at the moment than trying to go anywhere through Dover. 
Well, uh, for the people of ancient Israel, when they thought about the oceans, the seas, they weren't thinking of any such things. For them, the sea was a a mysterious place full of mysterious beasts. Um, They would have known the Mesopotamian creation myth, which talked about the god Marduk defeating the sea goddess Tiamat in a bloody battle and fashioning her carcass into the world of human habitation. Um, That's much more the kind of background that the Bible writers would have had in mind when they thought about the seas, the oceans. Um, For them, the seas are maybe a bit more like how science fiction writers think about outer space. It's a vast, uncharted region full of Klingons and Daleks and the Borg. Um, It's a place that's overwhelming and pretty scary. Um, Maybe some people here have visited Niagara Falls. Um, I've never been there. It's one of the places on my bucket list. I was reading up on what it takes to survive a drop over Niagara Falls. Um, It comes in three stages. First of all, you have to deal with the force of the impact as you hit the surface of the water after a drop of uh, 57 metres. After you hit the water, you'll be forced downwards because of the strong currents. So the advice is to take a uh, uh, a big deep breath because it could be minutes before you're able to resurface. Then if you survive this, uh, the next thing you have to deal with is the temperature of the water, which apparently hovers just above freezing. Uh, So you have about 15 minutes until hypothermia sets in. Um, It's not something that's recommended doing. Um, Life can feel like this sometimes for the believer. It can feel like a completely overwhelming torrent of terrors all at once, like that kind of drop over Niagara Falls. Um, reading this reminded me of one of our colleagues uh, in Senegal, a collaborator on the Caron Translation Project, sharing all she was going through. Uh, all at the same time, she was suffering with severe sleep deprivation because of chronic uh, shoulder pain. Uh, she had a teenage da- daughter and a teenage son, both of whom at the same time were battling uh, depression and self-harm and suicidal tendencies. She also had a husband whose work required him to, to work very long hours, and who depended on her support. And she talked about how life for her felt like an overwhelming flood. Um, But she also testified to how God's grace was with her in the deep waters. Other times, uh, depression can set in without us even being able to say why, triggered by nothing in our our outward circumstances. Um, The 19th century preacher C.H. Spurgeon often battled with depression, He described his personal battle in these words. He said, One may as well fight with the mist as with this shapeless, undefinable, yet all-beclouding hopelessness. One affords himself no pity when in this case, because it seems to be unreasonable and even sinful to be troubled without manifest cause, and yet troubled the man is, even in the very depths of his spirit. It needs a heavenly hand to push it back. But nothing short of this will chase away the nightmare of the soul. Close quote. Well, something like this may be your experience at the moment, or it might be the experience of someone you know who you're struggling to know how to comfort. Life can feel like this kind of torrent, an, an overwhelming flood. Well, the message of Psalm 124, again, is that if God is on your side, if God is on our side, then Whatever torrent, whatever flood, cannot finally sweep you away from God. It might totally overwhelm you, 
It might make you feel for a while like everything is completely hopeless. But as Paul says in Romans 8, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Third, God rescues his people from the fowler's snare. Verses 6 to 8 says, Praise be to the Lord, who hath not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now, as I said already, the language of the the snare here, the being caught in a trap and being freed from a trap, could well be talking about the, 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 the release from the siege that I talked about earlier. Um, but snare language in the Bible is, is used in other ways as well, some of them even more sinister. So, for example, when God's people were about to enter into the land of Canaan, the promised land, after having been released from slavery in Egypt, God told them not to make any kind of treaty or agreement with the peoples who live in the land because, he said, they will be a snare to you, a trap. They will lead you away from the true God who gives life and draw you into the worship of false gods who bring death. Um, In the New Testament, there's a a, a clearer focus to this snare language um, when it becomes clear that the devil himself is behind um, these kinds of traps. 1 Peter 5 verse 8, for example, it says, Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 2 Timothy 2.26 talks about those who fall into the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. It's the devil who's looking to snare us, to trap us. In our house in Senegal, we have a a mouse problem. Um, We're constantly finding mouse poo in all our clothes drawers, in our toy drawers, in our kitchen drawers, or through our towels. It's a great cause of distress for my wife, who likes to keep a clean house. Um, So since we like to think of ourselves as uh, enlightened, humane, 21st century people who don't want to be cruel to animals, uh, we bought ourselves some humane mouse traps um, to catch the mice without doing doing them any harm. Um, They crawl into, the mouse crawl into a little tunnel baited with some peanut butter, and then there's a a little swing door which uh, clicks shut behind them um, and traps them. Um, These things work pretty well. We've caught lots of mice in the the past year. Um, The problem, and the thing we didn't think through very well when we bought these traps, is what do we then do with the mice after we've uh, caught them? Uh, So the first few times um, since we moved into our house, I've, uh, I've taken the mouse out into our neighbourhood and found an empty overgrown plot uh, and uh, have tried to, on the sly, release this mouse back into the wild, uh, hoping that nobody's there to to see what I'm up to. Um, But after doing that a couple of times, I decided that actually probably this really isn't being a good neighbour because this mouse is only going to find its way into somebody else's house. Um, So in the end, uh, there was nothing for it but to take my captured mice outside uh, and bop them over the head with a hammer. I'm sorry if that's a bit grisly for a Sunday morning, but such are the realities of life. Um, but every time I catch a, mice, a mouse, 
Um, it brings home to me a little bit the, the, the reality of being trapped when I look at my mouse caught in that trap waiting for his execution. Somebody else caught you in their trap uh, and now you're at their mercy. Well, I think it's good as we apply this to ourselves to think about what traps are we in danger of uh, falling into. Um, each of us is different and for each of us the devil might have his carefully placed snares that are leading us away from the life of the Lord uh, and towards death. Among the Charon and, and many of the, old, the other people groups in Senegal, there's an animist culture, and in that culture people very often bind themselves to evil spirits. They make contracts with evil spirits uh, because they believe that these spirits can help them, can help to protect them, uh, can help to heal them. Um, and that's the, sadly, that's the darkness people are living in. They go to these spirits for help without realizing uh, that it's a huge trap. And so we'd ask you to pray for the power of God's word to release people in Senegal from these kinds of traps where Satan, Satan has uh, ensnared them. Uh, for us here, we're probably not so much in danger of falling into that trap. Maybe a bigger snare is our smartphones. Um, how much do we fall into the trap of endless scrolling, allowing the Facebook or Instagram or TikTok algorithm to shape our thoughts and shape who we are? Uh, how vigilant are we at avoiding the trap of pornography? Um, I recently heard someone say, I have so dumbed down my smartphone that I wouldn't be able to access porn on it even if you held a gun to my head. Do we need to dumb down our smartphones? Um, I'm very aware of the snare of bitterness. Uh, the devil knows, I think, that I'm blessed with a long memory for wrongs and I'm prone to chewing over grudges uh, again and again over things that were said months or even years ago that got on my nerves. And the Lord's convicted me of just how much this is a, a trap that I'm prone to falling into and how much that kind of bitterness can be a, a snare for me, uh, a damage to our, our, our unity in Christ. Um, so it's good, I think, to ask ourselves the question, if I was the devil, what would, how would I be trying to tempt me um, as I go through life, my walk with the Lord? Um, and uh, I think it's helpful to be aware that these kinds of snares surround us on every side. Um, it's our responsibility to be vigilant, to pray, to think wisely, to speak the truth in love to one another if we see others falling into sin, being ensnared. Yet at the same time, I think it's good to recognize that our enemy is far stronger than we are and that if God leaves us to ourselves, then we don't stand a chance. If the Lord is not on our side, if the Lord is not on our side, then we have no hope. And I take it that when I look back on my life from the vantage point of the new creation after I die in God's presence, I'll be able to see and understand better than I do at the moment how the Lord set me free from all kinds of snares, uh, from the ones I was aware of and the ones I prayed for his help, uh, as well as others that maybe I stumbled into uh, without even realising it and wasn't even aware that the Lord was rescuing me from them. Because ultimately, verse 8, our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The one who is the maker of heaven and earth even entered his own creation and died for us so that even in death we can trust that he is still with us. 
he is on our side. The psalm says, if the Lord had not been on our side, we would have been swallowed alive, faced with man's anger. We would have been swept away by the mighty waters. We would have been lost forever in the fowler's snare. But think as we finish what Jesus accomplished for us. He was the one who accepted to be swallowed alive for us, nailed to a wooden cross to take the punishment for our sins. He was the one who went through the mighty waters for us in darkness and death, separated from his father. He was the one who willingly walked into the trap, the fowler's snare for us, as he let himself be captured by the religious leaders. Well, if the Lord is not on your side, finally, when you lie on your deathbed, then nothing else will do you any good. But if the Lord Jesus is on your side, then even death itself cannot swallow you up. Death itself is swallowed up in victory. And when we look back from heaven, from our new home in the new creation, in the presence of the Lord, we'll be able to look back on our lives and say with all our hearts, if the Lord had not been with me, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been with me, I would have been swallowed alive, I would have been washed away in the flood, I would have been lost in the devil's trap. But my help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that this is true. Thank you that because of Jesus, we can say with confidence that you are on our side, that you are with us, that whatever we have faced, whatever we are facing, whatever we're going through, whatever trials are buffeting us, whatever temptations are trying to draw us in, we can say with confidence the Lord is on our side. Help us please in your mercy to hold firm to you through all that we walk through and bring us safely to you in the end. In Jesus' name, amen.